The Ringer Gambling Show is here to help you place your bets on the biggest sports around the world. Join NFL analyst Warren Sharp on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. Each week, they'll cover everything from spreads, game totals, and parlays to player props, futures, post-game reactions, and more. Check out The Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's The Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by USAA Homeowners Insurance. USAA has homeowners insurance that could lead the league in assists. Serving our military veterans and their eligible family members, USAA delivers award-winning service and peace of mind. And if you file a claim, the process is transparent and easy, and you can do it all right in the USAA app. Tap the banner or visit usaa.com homeowners to learn more and get a quote. Restrictions apply. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Tuesday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Bomba, Kevin! Bruno! How's it going? We might have, we got to make this a good one because my mic is back. My mic is back. I just have to say that, Chris. It's back. I have a great setup now. No more, no more audio mistakes. I am, I'm sorry to you, Chris, to Jesse Lopez, and to all of the listeners. Um, but we have a full, beautiful audio now. Kevin O Audio. Uh, we got to make this episode a good one because it's the only one we're doing this week, of course. By Friday, we will be in the middle of the All-Star break, but there's a bunch of stuff that has taken place since we last spoke. Of course, we talked right after the trade deadline last Friday, and since then, you knew that there was going to be, especially with the biggest trade that took place, this is when the information dumps take place. After a guy leaves somewhere... Now, all of a sudden, we find out the real story behind everything that took place. Now, we haven't gotten, it'll be interesting to hear Ben Simmons talk, if he ever does talk and sit down at length and kind of explain himself and everything that he was thinking over the course of the past, you know, nine to 12 months. Um, But there is always a, all right, that guy's gone now. So now let's everybody can say what was really going on while he was here and why this got to this point. And we will see what becomes of it. I'd imagine some people will shoot some stories down, but Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report dropped a monster James Harden, Kevin Durant weren't getting along story uh, this morning. And amongst the details in this story are, you know, you've got your basics, which are uh, Harden was frustrated with this. Harden was frustrated with that. Harden came into training camp in San Diego fat, um, you know, this kind of stuff. But then you have like these last couple of weeks where it's like James Harden showing up at halftime of this, James Harden uh, leaving the team to go party and then coming back. Then James Harden, instead of traveling with the team to the next city, going to Las Vegas to party and then coming back. And then you've got this whole like hamstring thing, which, you know, the, the Nets, you now in retrospect, you know, understand that 
they weren't exactly playing cover up for him. And you understand why I joked on Twitter that Patty Mills didn't get the memo that day when he was like, yeah, James was here today and he looked perfectly fine to shoot around. Like, so I don't understand why he's not playing. But you've got this whole dump of information, um, including, you know, kind of what James Harden was involved in and leaving different cities to go party. It's, you know, James Hardy. James Harden doesn't take care of his body. James Harden uh, wants to play ISO basketball. James Harden uh, wants to go party and, you know, is separated from the team. And now he's in Philadelphia. And so we find out all of these stories. Um, As you're reading through it, what do you make of it? Do you look at it as a James Harden hit piece yeah, and I don't mean hippies from Fisher. I just mean that the people that are unloading these stories and unloading these quotes are obviously attempting to make James Harden look bad. Um, or do you look at it as cause for real concern for Philadelphia, who just acquired him? I mean, it's like a little bit of both. Uh, as Philadelphia, you kind of already know what you're going to get. You know, you know this is James Harden, and he's going to have those nights in Vegas, and you just deal with it because you have Joe and Embiid. Uh, I, I guess the, the the main thought on my mind reading through it is just clearly how the the realization built within Kevin Durant uh, that I'm not going to be able to win with these guys. But on the other hand, there was a line in there by Jake Fisher about Harden, the realization that he came to. Uh, Harden saw another talent hungering for his first ring, according to several people close to him. Irving, on the other hand, was willing to miss half of Brooklyn's playoff games. So, I mean, I don't look at it as like anything remotely like some hit piece. I look at it as like we see information on both sides here. Kevin Durant realized over the course of time, despite his desire to keep Harden, that Harden wasn't fully bought into Brooklyn. Harden, over the course of time, realized that he had a better chance to win his first championship than with Kyrie Irving, who already won and is willing to miss half his games, and with Kevin Durant right now, who's injured, and who knows? And meanwhile, Joel Embiid is, you know, averaging 30-plus points for since early December at this point, dominant force, and he wanted to go somewhere else to win his first ring with another guy that's hungry to win his first ring. So, I mean, it's just fascinating to see how these guys who came together as friends um, end up breaking up for these really odd reasons after just one full season together. Not even a full season together. Just and a full the year. fascinating thing is there, there, were, there were reports about – Chris Paul getting upset about things. I remember Russell Westbrook, who was very regimented um, in terms of like, you know, parks in the same place, does practice at the same time. Like he's just, he's just like <laughs> yeah. one of those guys, um, you know, a very regimented schedule. And that there, there were those stories after the Westbrook stuff fell apart about how it drove him absolutely crazy that they would play in a game in Orlando and the schedule would be to fly out to the next city. And then James would say, no, I want to stay. And so then the team would stay. And it's like, it was, it was his operation. It was his deal. And that that got under his, his skin. And now you have another situation where it's like James can do, or James does whatever James wants to do. So if the whole team is getting on a plane and going to Utah and he gets on a plane and goes to Las Vegas, then obviously that's not right. Like he, he is acting differently than the rest of the team. And I do think there is a comfort level with Daryl where you probably realize like you can't, you can't pull this crap everywhere. And it'll be interesting to see if he, if everybody's just fine with it and Daryl can sue the James B and James. And so when the rest of the team has a loss and jumps on a plane and is going to the next city, but they've got a day off in between and he jumps on a plane and goes to clubs in Houston, are they fine with it? And everybody just had to be fine with it forever in Houston. And Daryl obviously let that happen. And so this does feel a little bit to me after reading it, like running back into the comfort of Daryl's arms, which is ironic considering that picture of him getting off the plane, running into Daryl's arms. You know, he's like, he's the guy that will put up with that bullshit because of the results, which have been, you know, good for Daryl. Certainly. 
been great for his career. James Harden has been great for his career, right? And so he's let him act any kind of way. But I think one of the questions that arises is, can you act any kind of way when you're 33 now, right? That's a young man's game. Sure, no doubt, no doubt about right? you that. You know what I mean? Man. You you know yeah. the way it feels. You go. I mean, even now. No, you not know, really. You, I've, you I've, I've, I've never I've never had like a like a serious hangover. Really? Life. No matter no matter how much <laughs> I think I might be immune to hangovers. To be honest with you, Chris, I had a conversation with my friends about this recently. Never never woke up with a hangover. Never woke up with one. Have you drank like to excess? I mean, to I've never like blacked out or anything like that. Never had any experience like that, so I haven't been to that level where but I you forget would feel, what happened. Well, all right, but, all right, but, how about this? Have I, you I, been I, very <laughs> drunk? Yeah, totally. Yeah, but I've never You've woken up with a hangover. Drunk. But I've never woken up with a hangover. I drink wow. a ton of water. I drink a ton of water. I have a glass of water. I right gotta next to tell me you, now. Kev. I gotta tell you, Kev. If that was if that was me, I'd have a problem on my hands because <laughs> I just I feel so terrible. <laughs> like I. I, I I had to I had to stop because I feel terrible now. Yeah, I mean I, I don't I, I don't drink that often anyway. I don't like the way alcohol makes me feel. It's not not my preference. What are you giggling I'm about? I'm not gonna ask you your preference. <laughs> What's so funny, Chris? <laughs> I'm not gonna ask you your preference. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> we saw uh, but, it on Sunday during the Super Bowl. I'm going to wait well, for all the performers. They wrote a I, New York Post story about him. You saw that? I, I, yeah, I did. I'm going to leave I'm a, it I'm, all. I'm with, I'm with Colin Coward. Kevin O'Cannabis. <laughs> <O'Cannabus. laughs> <laughs> all right. It's also all the right. NBA's preference, too, if we're being honest. Harden's the one who's different, but that's a different story. Okay. Are you going to defend James Harden? I mean, I don't know what I have to defend. Like everybody knows, James Harden has a good time partying and going out late nights drinking at the club. Everybody knows that already. I mean, there's nothing to defend. That's part of the deal with Harden. Uh, like, well, for, I mean, severely, I, I, severely I mean, reduced play w- while being a terrible team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, dude. Like, how much of this was this him like passively, aggressively trying to push his way out of Brooklyn to get them pissed off with him? Like, how much of that was was about the trade? Um, like my, I think it, it, with Jake's story, the things that I've heard is like Brooklyn knew going into it. Like this guy doesn't want to be here. They, they knew he didn't want to be there. That's why, like I've been saying for weeks now, read between the lines of Woj's report, read between the lines of what Shams is saying. All these guys, Woj said weeks ago, he's like, Kevin Durant wants a fully committed roster. He said that after saying Brooklyn doesn't have intentions of trading Harden. Uh, other, others have said. Harden hasn't indicated to, you know, Brooklyn management that he wants out. Well, I mean, but he has done other stuff or he might, he could indicate it. I think with with like these reports leading up to the deadline and free agency and all that, you got to read between the lines of what the Woj and Shamses of the world are saying, because it's not like, like I said, that line Woj had, I put it in my story last Monday, Woj saying Kevin Durant wants a fully committed roster after the trade deadline. I mean, what, who do you think he's talking about? James Harden. So, I mean, I think this whole story here that Jay wrote, like, adds the weight behind a statement like that. It gives the story, the real story to it, that Kevin Durant, over the course of time, realized, this guy doesn't want to be here. Let's get a guy who does want to be here and that can help us win a championship. So, it's the flip side for Philly. They have a guy that didn't want to be there, and now they have a guy that does want to be there. To me, like, it's really as simple as that. In terms of the the I guess the personality side of things, all the other stuff is extra, and all of it is concerning. All of it could come up playoff come playoff time. Um, but overall, though, both of these teams win that trade despite all those extra concerns for basketball reasons. That's just the way I, I feel about it. Um, and this stuff about Harden is amazing to read about, um, but we also kind of know that's part of the deal with him. And maybe it'll change this year in the playoffs when he's playing with Embiid. And maybe he was doing even more of it because he's like, F you, I want out of here. I want to get out. And so he's going crazy doing all this stuff for that reason. It is interesting because you say, uh, you know, you read a comment like that, want everybody on the same page, everybody all did, and you know exactly who he's talking about. The same was true, of course, last night with Brooklyn, who looked fantastic in their game against Sacramento. Um, 
and everybody's like cheering each other on the bench. Like it felt extra. But then Bruce Brown, afterwards, he says, the locker room, it's a, just a great vibe in here now. Everybody likes everybody. Bro, he's the only guy. <laughs> the only thing different is James Harden is not in it. And you got somebody like Bruce Brown saying, great vibe in here now. Everybody yeah. likes everybody. <laughs> like, and, what? And, 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 you, and you get Seth Curry going off. <laughs> I mean, just unbelievable. Like, that's that's not exactly coded language if uh, it's no. like there's nobody else to say, okay, well, what's different about the locker room? There's only one. What do you mean everybody <laughs> likes everybody? There's only one guy that's not here now. <laughs> it's all the same people except for one dude and these new guys who you've known for 24 hours. I mean, I mean, look, dude, there, there's an absolute chance that this blows up in Philly's face. There's a hundred percent a chance of that, that Harden uh, doesn't, you know, that he does the same stuff that you're describing in Brooklyn and that the vibes go from great in Philly to bad. There's a chance of that. I think it's worth the risk. And the cool part is, is like, you know, despite the Nets losing, nine in a row until their win against the Kings is I, I like the fact that, you know, with guys in and out of the lineup, they've been able to give Cam Thomas more opportunity. He's averaging 22 points over his last six games. And, you know, granted, he's just a bench guy for them as a rookie. Uh, I think sort of like during the the replacement player, you know, that, that three week stretch during the regular season with G leaders coming in and all that, there is some value for, teams to get a look and give opportunity to guys deeper on their bench. And with Cam Thomas, I mean, that dude's a bucket. And I think with him, he's the feel and the, the pace he's starting to operate with. His three-point range seems to have, you know, be more consistent for him. Who knows? Like, if Kyrie, if Kyrie is a part-time player in the postseason, there could come a night where Cam Thomas needs to be relied on, especially now, like, trading Seth Curry away. Um, maybe, like, you have to slide into that and uh, yeah, dude, I, I think this opportunity for him could be valuable. Uh, well, and he is—he is the kind of guy I could uh, absolutely see benefiting from playing with Simmons too. Simmons has been very good at setting up three-point shooters, right? You just got to knock them down, and, or shooters in general. And this guy is a scorer, and so in between Curry and between Thomas and between KD, you know, you hope that that's what Simmons can provide. You know, the. Uh, Driving down the lane, he's got to get extra attention. He can kick it out to somebody or whip it around to the corner to somebody. Um, he's very good at that, at setting up three-point shooters. Totally. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Kevin O'Cannabis. My man. Um, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you something. That's what the world needs. Um, Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy became the youngest in NBA history with back-to-back triple-doubles, 11 points, 10 assists, and 12 rebounds in a losing effort against Chicago on Saturday. And then he turned around and he did it last night uh, in the Garden. He tweeted after the game, I love the Garden. He ended with 28 points, 12 assists, 11 rebounds in the game, and they end up beating the Knicks 127 to 123 in overtime. The 19-year-old from Australia, who is having an outstanding rookie year, uh, did this in a game where they snapped the five-game losing streak, and they were playing without Lou Dort, and they were playing without Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Unbelievable performance last night on a big stage, and it felt like this was the night that uh, Josh Giddy certainly broke through in terms of attention. Felt like everybody was talking about Giddy in that performance last night. It is always bigger when you do it in the garden. Everybody knows that. But my God, to have your best performance in the garden certainly vaulted him more into the NBA consciousness. 
he does just all the little things, man. All the little things on the court. I mean, like, (laughs) it's kind of comical, like, just watching the accuracy of his passes off the dribble. It's 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 funny. Like you just left hand, right hand. Like it's right where it needs to be. He he had, he had this play. I think it was third quarter last night. It was like a lefty kickout pass to a corner three. And you know how sometimes when Steph makes those kickouts, he'll immediately relocate to behind the three point line. Giddy just immediately like sat down on the baseline, hands up, ready for a catch and finish. Nick's defense all scrambled up, and he got exactly what he wanted. I mean, like he just has the ability to see the play after the play. Um, the next moment, he his vision. It's not. It's not necessarily. I don't ever want to compare anybody to Jokic, but how many players in the NBA are close in terms of vision and accuracy as a playmaker right now? Giddy is up there, man. He really is. And if and if his scoring can develop like we saw giddy's three-point shot is very inconsistent and he needs to get better as a, as a perimeter scorer but if his perimeter game is working like it was against the knicks last night we are going to see a lot more nights like this 28 points 12 assists 11 rebounds he's gonna have a lot more games like that and with him like we he has already got the passing ability it's just about can the scoring become more regular like it was in msg when i came on here after i'd seen him in person earlier this year and I raved about him and I talked about how, you know, when you see him in person, you, you it it's startling how big he is as a guy that he operates is. on the perimeter. He is a big guy. And this guy that was in the backcourt with him last night, another guy, Trey Mann, he had Trey 30 Trey Mann's points. been great. He had 30 in the game. Let me tell you something. Th- you know, I don't always like the way they conduct their business, but this guy, this guy can talent evaluate. My God, Presty. I mean, you can go back and the Harden thing was a no-brainer. Uh, I'm sorry, the Durant thing was a no-brainer. The the drafting of Westbrook wasn't a no-brainer at four. The drafting of Harden wasn't a no-brainer uh, when they drafted him. The and you could go through like Ibaka, then like even Sabonis. Even you know he did draft him you know, at one point. Um, Reggie Jackson, you know, he found, I mean, yeah, and you could go on and on. This guy, uh, he can't evaluate talent. Nobody's 100%, but no. this guy can really evaluate talent. And I think everybody, when he took Giddy sixth, we were all like, what? And let me tell you this, you do, you redo that draft tomorrow, he ain't lasting until six. <laughs> now, I don't know if that will be right or wrong in the long term, but in terms of what we've seen so far, this guy, um, as I said after I saw him in person, he has a chance to be very special. Very special. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, like, it, just look at that OKC roster, man. I mean, like, they, they're they not a good team right now, but they have a lot of good talent. I mean, even some of the guys that weren't in last night's game, like Lou Dort, Lou Dort could help any contending team right now. Kendrick, Kendrick Williams coming off their bench last night. He could help any contender right now. They they have guys in that roster who have NBA talent today, but more than anything else, like even Aaron Wiggins. Like they just signed Aaron Wiggins to that new deal, getting him in the second round last year with the 55th pick. And Aaron Wiggins is looking like an NBA regular right now. And granted, it's on OKC, but like he, he looks like an NBA guy. He looks like an NBA guy. Trey Mann? I mean, it's the second spectacular game in a week or so. I saw somebody... Uh, jokingly tweet last night that uh, they're going to have to figure out something to be wrong with Josh Giddy because he's too damn good. <laughs> they're going to have to pull the oh, something's wrong with him. He's got to sit out the rest of the year because <laughs> otherwise he's going to he might just win them games. <laughs> and I mean, he, he won was, that game for them last night, man. There ain't That's no way around it. They, you know, um, he's too good. He's too good, this Giddy. So he's going to help them uh, win games down the stretch. We might have to find that ailment for him. Giddy, this last seven games, shooting 35% from three. And that's not spectacular numbers here. But if, if, Giddy, if Giddy can shoot 35% for his career, he's going to average like 22 points, nine rebounds, eight assists for the rest of you know his prime. Like that's all he's gonna do. He doesn't need to be a 38, 39% guy. 35% is enough for him to be like all-star caliber. And I think last night we saw a preview 
of what could be a lot of his nights as he he's only 19. He's only 19. And imagine him at 23, 24, 25 years old. Just, uh, boy, like, how good do you think Giddy can be, Chris? We talking like a all-NBA guy, all-star? I mean, how good do you think Giddy can be? I would not put a ceiling. I would not put a ceiling on it at this point. At 19, see what I've seen so far? I would not put a ceiling on it. In terms yeah, of how I, good he could end up being. I mean, I think you're going to have a segment of People who are like, it's an overreaction to last night's game. It's really not an overreaction no, 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 to no, last no. night's game. It, it's it's kind of last night's game is more of like a culmination of everything we've seen throughout the season. And he's also had other great games like this too. You know, anybody could go back to when whenever I saw him in person. I, I you know he wasn't a part of the first time when uh, I had the opportunity to go see Oklahoma City. That was the seventy something point loss. The second time he was in the lineup, and I saw him and. He, I mean, he had a quarter where he was the best player on the floor. Really. He was outstanding in the game that I saw, at the game I was at. And so I came on here and I, I raved about the kid. And so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be in the business of putting a ceiling on him. This is not a first time thing. This isn't because he just did it at the garden last night. When I, when I saw him earlier this year, I came on here and, and, and talked to everybody about him. He is really good and he is, um, startlingly, Big. He can pass over guards' heads and smooth as hell. So skilled. You know, I love guys that can dribble, pass, shoot, do everything. I mean, this totally, guy I mean, is a basketball player, man. A straight basketball player. His feel. I mean, like he makes he makes some like difficult passes just look so natural and easy. It, it's just his flow. His flow playmaking off the dribble is just so smooth. It, it feels like it's never. It, it's just completely natural to him. That's that's the way it just feels watching him play. Um, like there's never any hesitation; it just flows. And having a guy like that, you know, next to a Gilgis Alexander, uh, next to a uh, you know a Lou Dort, um, I mean, this is something that they can grow with over the course of time in Oklahoma City. And granted, the team's nowhere close right now. I mean, Giddy guys like Giddy give you hope; they really do. Another guy that is absolutely killing it is DeMar DeRozan. Bulls have kind of gotten back going here. Um, and Kevin, he now, in six straight games, has had over 35 or more points and has shot over 50% from the field. In the history of the NBA, there is only one player that has done that. Outside Chris of Epps, DeMar DeRozan. Porzingis. It's no, not Chris S. Porzingis. It is actually <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, oh. All right. So here's the list. According to our buddies at StatMuse, players in NBA history with 35-plus points on 50% shooting for six straight games. Wilt Chamberlain, DeMar DeRozan. And so DeRozan, <laughs> if DeMar DeRozan, Isn't that nuts? Gets, if DeMar DeRozan gets one more, he'll set the record. And I venture to say that Will Chamberlain's over 50% was compiled mostly around the basket. <laughs> DeMar DeRozan's not, uh, not necessarily all around the basket, but over 50% shooting, 35 plus points. I'm surprised Jordan never did that. Or like LeBron, or like some you know some of the great scorers that we've had, or, or Harden. I guess it's just the over fifty percent is really hard to pull off, right? Being that efficient while scoring thirty five or more points for consecutive games, but six straight games he is now at, and if he does it, he will surpass Wilt friggin' Chamberlain. That's incredible. I mean, it just it it, it underscores what a freakish season this guy has had. Absolutely. I mean, the games, just you mentioned the efficiency, 18 of 30, 16 of 27, 13 of 19, 14 of 22, 12 of 24, 16 of 24. Uh, and I'm not going to go through the free throw percentages, but like he's not missing much from the line either. Like this guy's efficiency is off the charts right now for the Bulls. And Chris, it's happening during a time like you still don't have Caruso. You still don't have Lonzo. And now Zach Levine's getting a second opinion on his knee. Like, you got all these guys in and out of the lineup, and yet the Bulls over this six-game stretch have won 
five of those six games and with one loss against, or I'm sorry, they've won four of those six with losses by just a couple of points to the Suns and they lost by about 10 to the Sixers. So they're winning games with all these guys out, which is why like now DeRozan is going to be the guy people are saying, well, what about DeRozan as the MVP? Well, and he, should, is, he should be in the top five conversation, rightfully so. When you got really good, talented players that are, are willing to sacrifice, that when the other guys go out, they can step up, um, they are capable of doing more, is really the story of Vucevic. Because go look at his numbers. Totally. You're right. Great right? point. Like, so mm-hmm. Vucevic kind of has to take a step back. He's not going to get crazy numbers, though we know he is capable of you know, doing now more. He's, and he's getting tw- 25 shots a night now. Look at the run he's right? on. I yeah, mean, production, exactly. man. Big time yeah. production. So the, it's the, like... This, this entire month of February averaging 24 points. Wow. Yep. And multiple 30-plus multiple point games as well. I mean, you, even guys like Ayo Dosunmu stepping up. I mean, his responsibility has constantly increased. You know, Lonzo Cruz to go down, he's getting minutes. Now as Levine gets up, goes down, more ball handling opportunities. Kobe White, Come, you know, he's starting for them right now. And he's been, I mean, after looking like a little little bit of like a little bust, you know, first two years, starting to come along in year three. Uh, he's looking like a, a steady, reliable spark plug guard for you. And they just have so many guys. Like, there's so, so many layers to their roster. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this both seems crazy, man. I, I can't wait to see them fully healthy. I hope, I hope we see him fully healthy. Team that we could end up seeing them playing, interestingly enough, depending on how the seeds all break, is a team that is now sixth in the Easter Conference after a 9-1 and one run in their last 10. The Boston Celtics. Ime Udoka was, was getting beat up a little bit. The team <laughs> was getting beat up a little bit. Uh, talks of breaking up. Guys, now, do you think that this is a really good run or do you think there has been a real sea change in this Boston team and they are something now worthy of you know paying attention to as 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 a threat to some of the teams that we have thought if healthy are going to be the ones to be trifled with and that includes Miami that includes Milwaukee that includes Philadelphia that includes Brooklyn for sure um you know, those four, even though Milwaukee has really not been great. Um, anyway, we figure by the time it all comes down there, you know, do you think Boston now, uh, do you think this is real? Do you think this is, uh, you know, maybe they're not a team that goes nine and one over the course of 10 games, but do you think they've turned a corner? Like, do you buy it? I buy it because I buy their defense. Uh, their and it's defense now, it's is- now like a month and a half. You know no, what I'm saying? Yeah, it's been a long time. Like the defense was great even before the winning began. Uh, like this, this defense, even just just think, think about the names, right? You know, Marcus Smart and Derek White. You know, th- if those guys are on the court together, that's one of the best you know backcourt defensive duos in the entire league. Tatum is a very good defender. Jalen Brown is a very good defender. Robert Williams has turned into an interior shot blocking force who can switch onto the perimeter, perimeter at least reliably. Uh, not necessarily a lockdown guy, but reliably. Uh, this is a team that can play drop coverage with Williams. They can switch screens. They can play aggress- aggressive, depending on the personnel on the floor. And offensively, the team's starting to click a little bit. And that's, and that's despite the fact that Jason Tatum still hasn't figured out his three-pointer. Jalen Brown is shooting below what he's done the last uh, two, three seasons. If those guys, Tatum and Brown, are able to return to prior levels as three-point shooters off the catch and off the dribble, that's going to further boost their offense even more. Like They're winning these games despite their offense not being fully you know, what you expect from some of their star or best players. And if they're able to figure that out, if Tatum's able to go on a run, if Brown can go on a run, uh, I mean, I mean it's like they're going to look even better than they have already. There's still an opportunity as this goes on. They still, with those, you know, two talented players, either one of them has the opportunity to be the best player on the court on a given night. And they've got two of them, right? 
They've got I mean, two. This is this this is why breaking those two up never made that much sense. Like it, it, it if it fails and you enter the summer, you know the, the next trade deadline, maybe then you do something dramatic. But we're not we're nowhere near that point with Tatum and Brown. It's about the rest of that roster and. And Derek White looks like a natural fit. He he looks like the, the way he passes the ball with those guys. It looks like he's been playing with them for years now, not just two games, not just a week. Uh, but I, I don't know this this Celtics roster. Marcus Smart as well. You got to give Marcus Smart credit. Uh, there's all these calls about the Celtics need a point guard. The Celtics need a point guard. So Marcus Smart just shot says, "Okay, I won't shoot the ball as much anymore. I'm going to be a playmaker first. And he's played since May, like early mid January. Some of the best basketball of his entire life. Better shot selection, more of a focus on playmaking, and defensively, he's looking more like prime Marcus Smart uh, with the effort with which he he plays with on the floor. The first first play of the game the other night against Denver just deflects the ball, dives on the floor, sets a tone for the rest of the game for the Celtics. Marcus Smart feels like he's back in that mode uh, for Boston. And this entire defense, I'm buying. I'm buying the Celtics defense. They just got to get their offense even better. While they cannot always have the level of success they achieved in San Antonio, you do have to give Popovich credit because we know about that Spurs system, Spurs culture. When you're talking about Derek White, the first thing that came to my mind is that has been commonplace among Spurs players is that you could take them out of there and you can plop them on any team and they know how to play team basketball. They know how to play team basketball, no matter who it is. You can put them on any team. Like, they know about sacrifice. They know about making the extra pass to get the better shot. They know about, you know, selfishness and not partaking. You know, these are things that, and, and they know about defense. And, because otherwise, it's just not tolerated, right? And so, you end up, you know when you get a player from there that if they were able to play, if they were able to play for Popovich, you know they were a teammate, right? And so certainly they are the benefactor of that in the case of White. And it's unsurprising to me that he could be a, you know, just plop him in and he can start contributing and playing. Do you, do you think they can win the finals? Who? Boston. What finals? The NBA finals. I'm just asking the question. <laughs> Absolutely not. Hmm. This year? Are they a sleeper? Um, I do not think they could beat Miami. Well, well, what if the what if what if the Bulls continue to have health issues? What if Harden, you know, has a hard time getting integrated into the Sixers? Oh, if you get all those breaks, yeah, I'm just saying. Like, is it unreasonable? I think you would need four teams to have problems. Some of them are already having problems. I mean, and, and you not have any. Well, what, I mean, let, let's let's factor that in. Uh, let's in that case, you think there's a chance, but if it, that doesn't happen, you don't think there's any chance for the Celtics, even with their defense playing at the level that it is. So you don't you buy him as like a as they fixed it in the regular season, but you don't buy it as in like this can translate to the postseason. I mean, I think they are better. Uh, I, I think they are certainly better than what they have been, but I also think that their schedule has. Has lightened up. I mean, they had the very impressive win uh, against Miami at the end of January, uh, you know, where they ran Miami out of the building. But look up and down, you know, the wins. Like, their schedule lightened up big time, Kev, big time. If you want to count the Denver win, they won 108-102 against them. I mean, let me see them against Philadelphia tonight, right? They're at Philly. No Harden, though. I know. No hard, but I mean that's still, you know, the best record team they've played in forever. Their schedule lightened up a lot, so I just need to I, I need I need to see this up against better competition, um, you know, and that, you know, they they played a, a much more difficult part of their schedule early for sure, uh, but the schedule has been light, and they have taken advantage of it. But in terms of you know getting me to have big buy in, um. I don't think they have the requisite depth to be able to deal with those other teams if they are healthy. The depth is definitely a concern. I mean, we were, we were just talking earlier about Chicago, how they've been able to withstand all of these major injuries to key players. 
And now, I mean, let's say if Boston, let's say if Robert Williams, who has a history of knee issues, he has been absolutely stellar for Boston on both ends of the court, shot blocking, switching, communicating, rebounding on offense, the rim running, the playmaking. I mean, he's just been absolutely terrific for the Celtics. If you lose him, like what do you have behind him uh, to replace that? Uh, what, the, what he offers to the team, you don't have it. Uh, if you lose a, a Marcus Smart, um, yes, you can slide Derek White into that role, but who slides into Derek White's role? Is Neesmith ready for that with the lack of opportunity he's get, gotten? Is it like a Sam Hauser? You know, like, just the, la- the lack of depth is an issue for the Celtics, which is why the buyout market for Boston, uh, like if you're, if you're Goran Dragic, like I, I believe the teams Woj said are interested in him were like Lakers, Nets, Bucks, and I'm forgetting another team or two. Um, but if you're Dragic, I mean, I'm also saying, oh, I could, I can play ahead of Peyton Pritchard in Boston. We've all predicted that that was going to be Dallas. Don't you think it's going to be Dallas? I mean, maybe, maybe they have Dinwiddie now and Brunson still. Maybe it's possible. But I mean, I don't know. We'll see about that. But I think Boston, like if I'm a, if I'm a player that gets bought out, like a Gary Harris from Orlando, I would look at the Celtics because they do need the depth, and you you would be guaranteed to get play playing time on a team that will be in the postseason, and that even even if it's realistic or not, they have aspirations to go deep. So I think you know they they should be a, a buyout candidate team to bolster their depth. So we'll see. They could get even better, Chris. They could. Well, and there's a, and there's a lot of teams that have dealt with you know depth issues because when they have guys out they aren't easily replaced and one of those is even Milwaukee go look up and down I mean you know they they played without Giannis last night but this Blazers team hilariously <laughs> I mean oh my god you think you're going one direction but instead you've gone the other direction and for me Simons oh yeah I knew you <laughs> I, 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 and why don't you uh him. don't you take a look at his uh Backcourt yeah, mate know, for the last know, two games. I know, Josh, <laughs> Josh Hart had, uh, I'll, I'll give the stats, Chris. Against the Knicks on Saturday, Josh Hart had 23 points on 12 shots. And then last night against the Bucks, 27, a 27 bomb on 16 shots. That's your guy, Chris. That's you can read off guy, the rest Josh of the stats, Hart. too. The Josh Hart is okay. Oh, I, I, I know, I know. The rebounds, assists, blocks. Yeah, he, he fills up the box score. I know, I know. <laughs> he does it all. And, hey, the Blazers are like, this guy's too good. We got to sit his ass. Yeah, right. <laughs> it is super hysterical. Like they win that it game really against is. the Lakers, and then they go beat the Knicks. Now they they smash the the friggin' Bucks. Today's episode of the Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. USAA is insurance that could lead the league in assists. That's because bundling auto with home or renters insurance saves you money. USAA understands the needs of our military, veterans, and their eligible family members, and they've got great rates and insurance options to meet them. See how much you can save. Tap the banner to learn more and get a quote at usaa.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Big ups to Jarrett Allen. We talked about it. We thought it was wrong that he did not make the all-star game. Uh, Ironically, replacing James Harden. who he was once part of the trade to acquire in Brooklyn. Um, And his numbers this year, this has been a great season for Jared Allen. And, of course, the game's in Cleveland. He's replacing James Harden. uh, It's his first All-Star selection. He ranks second in field goal percentage at just under 67%. He's tied for sixth in double-doubles with 30, ninth in rebounding with 11, and 13th in blocks per game so far this year. And it has been uh, an outstanding season for Jared Allen. And as we mentioned, the game is in Cleveland. So now Cleveland has two different 
uh, All-Stars in Darius Garland and Jared Allen. I'm glad because once they, you know, named the first replacement and it was, uh, they replaced Durant, they they named uh, LaMelo Ball. I was worried that, like, Allen was just going to go down as a, as a snub. But instead... Uh, he is going to get to play in that game. So congrats to him. And you and I both talked about how we wished he had, we wished that he had gotten in the first time around. Yeah, was Jared, Jared Allen is definitely a deserving player. Um, I'm I'm happy that he made it. I thought he should have made it the first round. His defense has been absolutely fantastic this year for that Cavs roster. Uh, and offensively, he plays an integral role. All-Star weekend is coming up this weekend. It, it doesn't do me particularly any good to go through the rising stars games and how that's going to play out and get a pick for that. Uh, because we don't know how the hell that thing's going to work anyway. I, I still don't understand it. I'm just going to enjoy watching it. Do you have a three point contest winner? You look, I'll give you a chance to look up the participants, Kevin, because this is the last show we're going to do before the all-star break. Yes. We're no show Friday. You know, you, I know you love Desmond Bain. He is going to be in it, Kevin. I will tell you, he is going to be in it. So we got Kennard, Mills, Bain, Towns, Levine, Van Vliet, McCollum, Young. That's the full list. Correct. I'm, I'm going I'm to go with my guy, Desmond Bain. You think he's going to win it? Bain. Yeah, let's go with Bain. Why not? All right, Desmond Bain. Then we'll. Uh, I wonder what kind of odds we can get. Well, who do you, who do you, who do you get? Yeah, no, I'd be curious about. I that. wonder what kind of odds we could get on uh, Desmond Bain. I do like Bain's. Chances. I mean, it's not you know, it's not like the usual suspects. It's not Curry. It's not Clay. It's not some of those guys. So I do think that, uh, yeah, I like Bain's chances in this deal. I think uh, you and me we're going to be on the same page on that. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised who you're picking. Well, and a guy in his first <laughs> look, that's his first time around. It matters a lot to him. You know what I'm saying? As time goes on. It's not as big a deal to guys, but when you get to a, an opportunity to be on that stage, I'm going to tell you, man, he has a repeatable stroke. Yes. That, it that, looks the same yeah. damn way every time. So when you set up guys like that in contest format, they can usually be a problem because they, it's just the same thing every single time. Sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't. But when you're repeatable like that, I do think that, that that bids you well when it comes to a contest format. And I think Cat, same thing applies there. Carl Anthony Towns is a, is a sleeper. I don't know the odds, but like I would imagine he's probably an underdog yes. for this contest because he's a big, but Cat's an underrated winner of it. All right. Dunk contest. Obi Toppin, Jalen Green, Cole Anthony. I'm rocking with Juan T. Juan Toscano Anderson. <laughs> I feel like Juan T's had a, had a lot of time to plan out some epic dunks. I think it's Jalen Green for sure, right? Yeah, it's it, it's going it's to be Jalen Green, yeah. Let me tell you something. Cole Anthony, I think, is a big sleeper because short guys always look better if they pull off something incredible. Jalen Green's not big either, though. Like, his dunks could look very cool. I know. And he's got the, I mean, he's got the 18-year-old, you know, spring... <laughs> I mean, yeah. he, he yeah. flies, yeah, he truly. He I mean, does. his friggin' eyeballs are above the rib. How about the skills challenge, Chris? You didn't mention that. Skills challenge? You get the te- team Antetokounmpo with Giannis, Thanasis, and Alex. You get Cavs, Jared Allen, Garland, Mobley, and then Team Rooks, Barnes, Cunningham, and, and Giddy. That'll be fun. I like those teams. I like, uh, I like the middle one. Team Cavs, Allen, Garland, Mobley. Yeah, I like that. I'm into it. I love how they have Team Antetokounmpo. That's cool. I like Team Antetokounmpo, too. Yeah, it's pretty sick, right? But yeah, I think I take, I think I take cool. the Cavs. Home court advantage. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then regarding the game, I mean, LeBron had like the infinitely better team. <laughs> infinitely better. It was almost disgusting to watch that draft play out. Kevin Durant has shown to be, so far, Maybe a better GM with the Nets than he has been with his own all-star team that he picks. Big part of the, the Harden-Simmons trade, according to that Fisher story. According to, the, according to that. And drafting Cam Thomas. And drafting Cam Thomas, but damn it. His draft for the all-star <laughs> game was terrible. 
I mean, it really was. Oh, as someone who had uh, look, I got, I got, I got a stake in the success of. Uh, I wanted John Morant to be set up for success, and I mean, when it got that, I'm like, bro, are you gonna draft one player that he could throw a lob to? And finally, he drafted like Levine, and I'm like. There is literally one player John Morant could make a spectacular pass to, like for a for a lob, on the whole damn team. I'm like, it's an all star game. How how do you end up with one player that you could even like run a run a break with or throw up some crazy stuff with? Now Jared Allen, that'll help. Jared Allen will help. He'll catch a lob from Morant. Chris, you're you're missing it. They already have Andrew Wiggins. They got Wiggins. Cut the crap. They got Rudy Gobert. They got they got. You're gonna see John Morant throwing lobs to Rudy Rudy Gobert. I was, Rudy I, Gobert. I gotta tell you, I was stunned to see Steve Kerr talking last night about how horrible their defense has been, and now they for seven games they've dropped three of their last four when they have got Gary Payton. Reincarnate, uh, playing you know on the defensive perimeter for them. It is shocking that you could have a legendary defender like Andrew Wiggins. That's what I was told was the reason. Right? There's two ends of the court. The guy is a leg, you know, he's an amazing defender. But to have Gary Payton, uh, by the way, they have Gary Payton, uh, his offspring on that very team, but. He uh, the recreation of Gary Payton, the father, is not necessarily the son, but rather Andrew Wiggins, who is just locked down. Oh, the way wow. he st- the way he stops people, wow! Just to say, tune in, folks. You can hardly get a shot off the guy. The tenacity at which he plays with, whoa, wow! I, it's shocking that their defense isn't so good right now. Without you have real love, Green. real love for Andrew Wiggins, Chris. Wow, I, 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 I'm I'm highly impressed. What a special defensive player! Yeah, your Grizzlies. <laughs> you're, I mean, right now in the West, we got two back, uh, two the, the, back. The, well, two back from the Golden State Warriors. The Memphis Grizzlies are, but the Warriors are now five back from the Suns. The Suns just continue separating themselves from the rest of the pack. Forty six and ten. Right now, today, with uncertainty about Draymond Green and his back injury, we'll see. And we'll see back injuries are scary. Right now, the Suns are the favorite. They are the favorite. And they continue to separate themselves. There is no question about that. They are the prohibitive favorite. Yeah, right now, they are. Yes. Right now. Yep. You're going to you're gonna have to knock them off to win the title, for sure. Kevin, it is always a pleasure. We're going to be off on Friday, but, uh, and uh, I'm going to be at All-Star Weekend in Cleveland this weekend, and so I'll, uh, I'll try to gather some observations uh, from being out there, and then we will reconvene on Tuesday. I look forward to it. Everybody have a great week. Thank you to our producer, Jesse Lopez, as always, and we'll talk to you next week. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.